I'm Enoch Fossum. I'm Austin Ivey, and you're listening to the What About Therapy podcast. What about therapy? All right, everybody, welcome to episode 68. What? What? That's like two away from 70. Pretty close. It's a big number right there. We said that like every five episodes from 60, we were like, dang, it's like five away from 60. <laughs> it's the joke now. It's the dad joke that we have to run as, as long as this podcast. Because next it'll just be 80 after that. Like episode 71, nine away from 80, baby. <laughs> it's just going to be that the rest of the time. Yeah. Yep. Forever. So get used to it. Yeah. All right. As you already know, since you clicked on this episode, we're talking about the victim mentality and just really the the negative aspects of having that victim mentality. Now, disclaimer, we're not saying that being a victim is not a thing or being a victim is harmful. There's a difference. Like we were saying earlier, I guess Austin and I were talking earlier. How, you guys weren't here. <laughs> yeah, you guys weren't here. <laughs> Missed out. In spirit. But how there are, we all have narcissistic tendencies. We all have anxiety symptoms from now and now and again. That doesn't mean you are... Um, you know, a full-on narcissist or that you have anxiety or that you may have major depressive disorder if you feel sad from time to time. So we recognize that there are victims out there in the world. Um, and you listening, you can be a victim of a lot of things in your life and probably will be a lot of a victim to things in your life in the future. And we're not saying that that's a problem. There's a difference, however, between being a victim and then staying a victim after that for an extended period of time slash the rest of your life, which is the victim mentality. And that's when you start to get into some unhelpful areas in being a victim. It, it basically turns it from what happened to you versus who you are. You allow yeah. that experience to become who you are and make that either an excuse for your life to avoid responsibility of some kind or to... Um, to avoid other types of like responsibilities or just to miss out on other aspects of life. So it really just, yeah, it really just turns into um, a normal aspect of life to a negative mindset that negatively impacts your daily life. Yeah. Hopefully that made sense. Yeah. So this is coming from an article from Psych Central called What are the Signs of a Victim Mentality? And we're just going to use this as our little guide throughout the episode. So we'll link it again down in the show notes if you want to read it. It's actually really good to read. It's not long either. So if you want to learn more, go to this website, click the link. And there's actually a lot of little hyperlinks too that talk about, like that go more into it. If you want to do a deep dive or a little study session on victim mentality, it's pretty cool. A lot of citations. Yeah. So the article first starts off by saying, again, like we were like we talked about earlier, how we all feel like victims from time to time or feel like the world's against us. And that's not a bad thing. That's life. That's, that's the daily grind of life. The um, unnatural part of life is to stay a victim or to think that the world is against you most, if not all of the time of your life. That's how you know that, okay, maybe you may be dealing with some victim mentality here. So victim mentality is when a person feels like a victim across situations, even when the evidence suggests otherwise, they may feel they have no control over what happens to them. And again, that can be true at times. But this is saying 
all the time on a day-to-day basis. They feel like they don't have control of their own life and across, you know, all of their situations that they encounter on a day-to-day basis. Yeah. The article goes on to say that um, victim mindsets can develop in um, a a number of different ways and usually as coping mechanisms for some type of traumatic experience in your past. Um, And the article says, says Dr. Julie Landry, um, I'm guessing that means psychiatrist, a clinical psychologist in San Antonio, Texas. It may feel that you have little control or impact over external factors in your life. She explains that it commonly stems from experiencing multiple situations where you lack control ongoing emotional pain that leads to learned helplessness and betrayal by someone closest to you. So those are very real experiences that a person will experience (laughs) things that like a traumatic events in a person's life that of course are going to increase negative emotion, increase negative experiences, but it, it turns into something not pathological, um, turns into something clinical. Let's call it clinical when you let that become part of your overall personality almost like Mm -hmm. instead of being a victim to becoming the victimized maybe it's more like that like it becomes part of your identity who you are it almost becomes a source of um like just like a personality trait like i this is me uh, this happened to me and therefore i have this this and this excuse or i have this reason to act this way. And at least that's the way that I've always understood victimhood mentality is almost becomes an excuse to display some type of negative emotion or to display some type of negative character trait because I'm this victim, so I can do this. Yeah. And I think that's what it often turns into, at least in my own experience of seeing people with this type of mentality. Right. Yeah, and here we are again with our best friend, the brain. <laughs> this, <laughs> this is... <laughs> squishy little friend. <laughs> he's back. In fact, he's never left. It's interesting how becoming a victim or being staying this victim mentality is a coping mechanism really it's it's your brain trying to excuse me it's your brain trying to make sense of why the world is the way it is for you and being a victim is an easy way to simply avoid those hard questions or avoid real situations that may have happened to you um, like the traumatic experiences or like betrayal from someone closest to you. That's hard stuff to deal with head on and to process. And so the easy way out is being a victim. Mm -hmm. And that's the brain's way of saying, ah, this is kind of hard for me. I'm I'm gonna peace out. And I'm just gonna stay here in this victim mentality because it makes me feel comfortable. Mm -hmm. Because I don't have to take any responsibility. I don't have to take any of the blame. I, I'm out. And so you go to that, the victim mentality, silly brain. It's almost like wearing like a really uncomfortable set of clothing. That's like really tight. Like it looks good. And like outwardly, it kind of has a good like appearance. Like, Oh, this this is how I feel like this. This looks good. But the whole time you're, the pants are squeezing you too tight and it's causing a lot of issues, even though it might look good and it might be comfortable like the way that it looks to other people, if that makes sense. That's kind of the way that I've understood it as well. But it can have a huge negative impact in your overall resiliency, I guess, Mm -hmm. because um, you're basically telling yourself that you can't handle something because of this victimhood mentality that you have, or I can't, I'm, it's almost like you're calling yourself, I don't know if it's like this, but when I've seen myself get into this victimhood mentality, um, I'm almost calling myself weak because of this um, thing that's happened to me. So therefore I can't handle 
problems or handle responsibility because of this real thing that's happened to me. And I think humans are a lot more resilient than we give ourselves credit for. And when we fall into this victimhood mentality, we um, kind of crap all over that, for lack of a better term. We crap yeah. over our human resiliency when we let ourselves become, in, well, not become victims, get into this victimhood mentality, like separate those two things. Um, but yeah, there's, there's a lot of negative sides of this. There's a lot of reasons why it happens. So maybe now let's get into what are the signs? What are the symptoms? What, what does it look like to be in this victimhood mentality? And in the article, it says that a victimhood mentality can manifest itself in many ways. It can involve the feeling like the world is out to get you or having difficult or having difficult time taking response, taking personal responsibility for what happens in your life. And, um, I'll go through the behavioral signs if you want to go through the cognitive signs. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So um, the signs of a victim mentality include, so these are some behavioral signs that you can look out for maybe in yourself or maybe in the lives of other people that um, you're close to. So first one is often placing blame on external factors or other people when things go wrong. So extrinsic motivation, when things go right, it's your it's your fault. When things go wrong, it's never your fault. Mm-hmm. That kind of mentality is always... A reason why something didn't go right and it's never your fault that's that's a pretty big one next one having trouble taking personal responsibility or seeing how you may have contributed to a situation next one being overly critical of yourself or others i feel like that one could be really common both ways i feel like for some people it may be more critical of yourself and for other people it might be more critical of others so it, or it could be both for you i think that could change person by person and probably based on like the trauma that you've experienced as well. Mm-hmm. Next one is self-sabotage. That's a, that's an unfortunate one, but it's quite common. I'd say it's almost like your brain trying hard to prevent things from happening. And at the same time, sabotaging itself. Yeah. <laughs> and it's silly brain, weird, negative feedback loop. Yeah. Next one. And last one, associating only with people who think like you, who you think like you. Interesting one. Hmm. Yeah. Okay, now we move on to the mental slash cognitive signs. So this is more of if um, you know someone who may deal with the, has more of a mental or mental mentality, victim mentality, (laughs) Um, or things that you might notice in yourself. So the first one here is seeing the world as unfair or unsafe. Now, if you think back to why the victim mentality kind of starts in people that comes from those traumatic situations. And so again, this is another chance to have empathy for those that do struggle or do have a victim mentality because that is a sign that they may have gone through something really traumatic and they view the world as unsafe or people as unsafe or unfair because of what's happened to them. And so, yeah, we are always going to look for, for signs to have more empathy with other people. Mm-hmm. Second one here is cognitive distortions, like catastrophizing, which is you immediately go to the worst thing possible that could happen. So for example, there are two one-mile-long meteors flying past Earth as we speak. Like literally right now, this is true. I saw it on a USA oh, really? Today article. Yeah, Interesting. They call them like Earth destroyers or something like that. Whoa. Nice. <laughs> Planet destroyers, I think it is. I don't know. But um, a person that would catastrophize, someone that would catastrophize that would say, 
oh my gosh, those meteors are going to hit Earth and we're all going to die like tomorrow. <laughs> like, this is the end. And they're serious. Like, I would say that as a joke, but I know it's really not funny at the end of the day, mm-hmm. but I would say it as a joke. And someone that catastrophizes that is serious, like dead serious. And they experience a ton of anxiety around that. Mm-hmm. And so you always go to the immediate worst thing that could happen in every situation. I think another um, situation of that is yeah. it kind of goes back to the self-sabotage. Yeah. Like that catastrophizing turns into self-sabotage where a really good example, I've heard of this. I can't remember where. I think it was a Russ Harris book. I think it was The Happiness Trap. Catastrophizing often takes the the, the form of self-sabotage in the way where like he displays it as the analogy of like getting a flat tire on your car. Mm. It's a pretty common thing. Most people will be like, okay, I need to change the tire. Catastrophizing with self-sabotage usually takes the form of well, in this analogy, it'd be you getting a flat tire. I'm like, well, this is the worst. I can't fix anything. And then you slash the rest of the tires because, well, I might as yeah. well slash the rest of them because the first one slash. I'm not, how am I supposed to get mm. home now? This is the worst. This car sucks. I'm just going to slash the rest of the tires and go get a new one. Or I'm just going to walk the rest of my life. I'll take care of it mm. myself. And you can see how like the, um, the, the catastrophizing over a small problem, just a flat tire, very common, very easy to fix with this victimhood mentality and prevalence towards like just heightened anxiety responses yeah they come and then catastrophizing follows after that easily slips into self-sabotage and just overall feelings of um making things worse for yourself and which is a weird way our brain copes with things but yeah. it's it's interesting yeah it's not i'd share that one yeah no that's good i really like that so then we move on to harmful thinking patterns or pessimism then ruminating over past wrongs and hurts and then thoughts of self-harm or suicide. So next, it gives us a, a set of signs in, in your relationships that you could look out for to find whether or not you are displaying a victimhood mentality. It says here that um, you could display a difficulty with intimacy and trust, emotional unavailability, limited empathy for others, a mistrust of authority figures, keeping score in relationships, and trouble accepting constructive criticism. Those are very common symptoms associated with narcissistic personality disorder as well. And so mm-hmm. I think there's a little bit of overlap there um, when it comes to your relationship. But if you display those, you can have more of a victimhood mentality more than a narcissistic personality disorder. So that's something to just be aware of and something I'd like to point out there. Yeah. And we'll actually talk about that too in a yeah. second, how this can be comorbid with another symptom. So com- comorbid simply means it goes with another symptom or could be a sign of another type of disorder if you want to call it that or just another struggle yeah the more i think about it i was listening to a book this morning called the body keeps the score how and we'll probably do an episode on this in the future it's a really heavy book but i highly recommend it it's it's great when understanding when wanting to understand trauma but uh, he was saying how and this is totally off topic but uh, a disorder can actually have a, a huge drastic effect on someone's life and it will most likely be like a label that they carry with them throughout the rest of their life. Mm-hmm. And so it can be be pretty intense. So I'm not saying disorders, we shouldn't say disorders, but I think there are better words for it a lot of the time. Yeah, no, absolutely. That's yeah. that's something that we talked about in my, like, like at length in my abnormal psychology class mm-hmm. um, in, like in previous semesters about how honestly at the end of the day, the diagnosis doesn't matter too much. Like yeah. because throwing labels on mental 
illnesses typically don't tend to do a whole lot of good the way that like slapping a medical diagnosis does. Because if someone has cancer, you need to know exactly the type of cancer they have to order to treat it with the correct type of chemo. Mm -hmm. Both like mental health disorders, they're all similar. You know, I've talked about how it's like going to Cafe Rio or Costa Vida or Chipotle, Mm -hmm. where it's all the same things Mm -hmm. just displayed in different packages. Like it's all rice, beans, and meat. Yeah, It's the same thing with mental illness. It's all... It's all the kind of the same thing, just packaged in different boxes. Yeah. And so throwing labels on it isn't the most productive thing in the world at times, depending on what it is. So yeah, absolutely. Right. And what's unfortunate about that, going into the business side of therapy, is in order for insurances to cover therapy, there needs to be a diagnosis from the DSM, which is the Diagnostic and Statistics Manual. And so if there's no diagnosis, which are usually all disorders in the mm-hmm. DSM, then insurance won't cover it. Yeah, it shows how it kind of shows the lack of, well, not the lack of, but the unnecessary and inappropriate link between the medical field and the mental health field. Right. Because while they're all similar and they're all equally important, there needs to be a separation the way that there is with like dental, the dental field and the medical field. Those are separate. They're separate insurances. But for some reason, mental health is slapped onto the regular like insurance. There's not a separate mental health insurance, you know, and so. That's a whole nother thing. I'm sure we could have a whole episode right, about we that. We digress. We've talked about how we want to like start a movement where mental health insurance is its own thing, the way the dental insurance is its own thing. Um, but anyways, that that is an issue too. That like, practitioners are almost forced to give a diagnosis to yeah. make sure that their client receives insurance coverage. That's just unfortunate the way the system is set up. Right. Yeah. Hey, maybe what about therapy will be a future ins- insurance company? Hey, that'd be awesome. That'd be a cool insurance company name. That would be Do cool. Do you take what about therapy? Yes, we do. We're in network with them. <laughs> <laughs> we're, in net- we're in network with ourselves. Ooh. Dang. We have a PPO with ourselves. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, those are some thoughts. But um, so here are some of the last signs here we'll talk about are emotional signs. So things like anxiety, depression, feeling unseen. I, I really like that one. Uh, guilt or shame, low self-esteem, resentment of others, and social isolation. So the article goes on to say a victim mentality can affect your life in many ways, from stopping you from applying yourself at work to disrupting, disrupting your relationship dynamics. You might also have trouble maintaining healthy lifestyle habits. So, look, if this is something you struggle with, and this goes with all of our episodes, we're not saying that something is wrong with you. I think that's the first thing that people's minds go to when they hear things like this, and these are things that they struggle with, right? Like me anyway, when I hear something on the, you know, like a podcast or whatever, of something that I struggle with, and they're like, no, this is bad, then I'm like, I try and justify it, you know, and be like, no, like, it's not. And go straight into ego defense yeah, mode, yeah. Yeah, right. And that's built within us. That's normal. That's natural. So we're not saying that any nothing. We're not saying something is wrong with you. Like we were saying, we've we've said many times before. There's helpful ways of thinking. There's unhelpful ways of thinking. Go, that goes the same way with uh, behavior, with the way you act. It's not really right or wrong. Of course, when you you know, there's a line when you go and kill someone. That's that's wrong. But when you when it comes to your mental health, there's really not right or wrong. It's is it helpful? for you in your life or is it not helpful at all and so if this is something that you're defending your ego on take a step back we're not saying you're wrong you're broken you're messed up what we are saying is that these things can be stopping you from living the life that you want to live is really all it is yeah 
And like along with that, there's some other questions you can ask yourself. And one would be, I love the good, better, best questions. Yeah. Is this a good thing for me? Is this a better thing for me? Or is this the best thing for me? Right. And typically good, the goal should be taking the good things and and focusing more. How about this? You want good to be the smallest amount of things and the best to be the most amount of things that you do with your life. You want to focus less on the things that you do that are good for you. Focus more on things that are best for you. Some things that are good are not worth focusing on when there's better and best things that you could turn towards. Yeah. Hopefully that makes sense. And that kind of falls in with the helpful and unhelpful. I think even uh, like helpful things can fall within like good helpful, but the main focus should be finding things in your life that are best helpful. Right. Maybe we'll create a whole diagram (laughs) on that one day to like a flow chart of like, is this, is this good? If yes, go here (laughs) or something like that. (laughs) That'd Um, be cool. um, But yeah, that's just something that, I think we all need to be aware of when it comes to our personality traits and our, our daily efforts in life, like the things that we do and that's yeah. kind of part of our, our daily life is this, first of all, is this helpful for me? Is this mentality? Is this coping mechanism? Is this whatever it is? Is this taking me to where I want to go with my values? No. <laughs> <Except in secret laughs> therapy. Or is it just kind of, am I stagnating because of this? Yeah. It's mindfulness. That's really what it comes down to, being aware of how your choices are affecting your life. Right. And you know what I said how how you're not broken you totally are so am i we're all victims we're all we're all broken yeah and i'd forget what episode it is where you talked about the fine china how oh, yeah. it's broken but they make it like it's a form of beauty to cover the cracks in gold and they glue it back together with like gold glue. Yeah, yeah 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 and so that's that's really what you are you're a broken human being trying to go through life the best you can and some of us have completely different lives than other people. Mm -hmm. Some of us go through very traumatic experiences when we're younger and that can shape the way we act today. And this is something that can be changed. The first step, like we always say, is just recognizing it. And so recognizing the fact that these are things that you struggle with, that's okay. That's the first step to changing. That's the first step to recovery and really anything. So if this is something that you say, I actually do struggle with this, then I'm proud of you. That's the hardest part is first putting down your walls that want to defend that ego so bad and then accepting the fact that you may not be a perfect human being. Neither am I. Yeah. No one is. And this is something like this topic specifically is something that um, Mr. Jordan B. Peterson talks a lot about, like specifically with victimhood. And this is something he talks a lot in his online lectures and his books. Um, and I, I agree highly with what he has to say about him because he talks about this like equation of how victimhood and responsibility can't live in the same world and responsibility is required for a meaningful life. You need some type of weight to bear. You need some type of hard thing to go through in order to find meaning in your life. And you can't do that. If you basically, you sac, he, he says you sacrifice a meaningful life when you take on a victimhood mentality because you avoid anything that's hard by doing so. And our level of meaningful in life is directly proportional to the level of responsibility that we bear. And typically people who have this victimhood mentality, like we talked about with the symptoms, they avoid as much responsibility as they can and they use their victim status over on something as an excuse to not take on a certain responsibility. And again, that could stem from some type of real traumatic event that brought you to this point. But again, it goes back to the mindfulness for you to understand that that very real event is impacting you more than it should. Mm -hmm. And I think that's really what it boils down to is how far am I going to let this event 
go into my life. It's always going to be there. I'm always going to feel the pain and the experience of this, but am I going to be a victim or am I going to develop the victimhood mentality? Because you're always going to be a victim of that thing and no one's denying that from you. But if you want a meaningful, sustainable, and helpful life, it's going to require you to take responsibility for the effects of the event that caused your victimhood. Yeah. As much as you can without like falling into like the Stockholm syndrome, you know, of like, um, I'm glad this happened. You know, I'm, I'm kind of, um, this is like, I deserve this, that type of thing. You know, it's more of, um, using your agency to take your victim status to turn you into a better person almost and mm-hmm. bearing the responsibility of, yeah, this thing happened to me. I can't control it. It sucks. This terrible traumatic event caused so many issues in my life, but do I really want that to let, do I really want to let it perpetually affect me for the rest of my life? Or do I want to make the <laughs> steps or take the steps necessary to be responsible for it and move on? I think that's right. for me, the existentialist in me, that's what it boils down to. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. And I don't, I don't blame you for not wanting to face things that you've gone through or to try and not be a victim if that's something you've done for a long time. That's scary and mm-hmm. that's different and that's hard. It may seem impossible, but it is possible. I love the, I like those cheesy inspirational quotes on Instagram. <laughs> how it, it's, uh, there's one that says, it says uh, impossible at, to- at the top and then separates I'm possible. <laughs> <laughs> so like a stick figure flexing his arms you know <laughs> like the cheesy facebook motivational quotes yeah like it's pixelated gif or something like no, that no yeah exactly like looks <laughs> yeah. like it was back in 1930s so pixely like minecraft <laughs> it's true though i'm possible kim so, possible yeah you are may not be kim possible but you are possible <laughs> So there's uh, this interesting part in this article where it says, is victimhood a symptom or is it a personality trait? And long story short, there's not enough research to actually prove either or. That's the whole, it's like the chicken or the egg yeah. thing. It's like we, yeah. it doesn't really matter which one came first. It doesn't really right. matter which one it is. It's the matter of what you do about it. That's really what it boils right. down to. And it can be both. Yeah, absolutely. And so there are four patterns, however, that they found in a study. So the four patterns of victimhood is one, a desire for recognition as a victim, two, feelings of moral superiority, three, limited empathy for others, and four, frequent rumination. So those are four patterns that have been found across this study back in 2020. And there's a hyperlink to that study if you want to go check it out. And the, the article just goes on to say that like kind of switch, switching on its head, like how those are like the, the patterns Victimhood can also be a symptom of some of the major personality disorders, mm-hmm. um, including borderline personality disorder and narcissistic personality disorder. But they also this victimhood mentality, these symptoms of victimhood can also be a symptom of MDD or major depressive disorder and post-traumatic stress disorder as well. So um, your victimhood mentality, not well, you could have one listening. I don't know. But a person's victimhood mentality could stem from it could be let alone a standalone symptom it could be its own thing or it could be um the sauce that comes with your your meal <laughs> that you have yeah. depression or you have this ptsd experience or this ptsd diagnosis and with that main course of ptsd you have a little side order of victimhood mentality yeah and that the treating of ptsd could help with the um this victimhood mentality so it's an that's why it's important to go to clinician. That's why it's important to get yeah. a, a full diagnosis, a full um, 
intake summary of what's fully going on so that way you can know like what the main issue is and that's where clinicians that's where psychologists therapists really come in to help you with that because doing that on your own can be um to say the least difficult and um almost uh, i think you could do more harm than good when you try to do that on your own I yeah yeah and that's where we actually go into now is um the article moves on to say strategies and tips for coping with the victim mentality and the first one is considering professional support so go to therapy I know it sounds crazy, and I know it can be scary, but therapy, that's honestly what th- why therapists are here, and if, you, if you're listening to this ep- this podcast in the first place, you've either, you've, either, <laughs> you've either gone to therapy, or you're thinking about going to therapy, or you just find therapy fascinating, or the world of mental health. And as much as we would love to be your own personal therapist, we are unlicensed and cannot do so, and as much as we'd like these podcasts that we put a lot of thought and effort into thought and effort into as much as we would like them to be your replacement for therapy um because that would be nice because they're free and you can listen to them every week and yeah. it, they're just not it's not close to yeah, um, not real the therapy so as much as we would love for this to be enough for you most of the time it just it isn't yeah um the next one the next uh what's the word i'm looking for the next suggestion <laughs> um is to practice more self-compassion and that i just it's so simple but it's so true because um, I think people that struggle with a lot of mental health disorders, a lot of mental health issues is, um, it's a total lack of grace for oneself. Like it's, um, Tony Overbay's self care is not selfish mm-hmm. because I think people that have like a string of mental health disorders tend to, to neglect their own, their own self. And, um, that's just such a sad thing because I've done it with myself. I, I know what it looks like. I do it all the time. And I think by practicing the same level of compassion that you would show someone else in your same shoes that you love. So like, right. If my mom was dealing with the things that I deal with and the way I treat her, I should treat her the way I, tr- I should treat myself the way I would treat her. Mm-hmm. Treat yourself like someone you have responsibility for. And you'd probably have a lot more positive outcomes by doing so. So I love that one. Yeah. The next one here is consider shifting your self-identification. A lot of people who deal with um, the victim mentality, that is their identity. Like, they are a victim. That's who they are. And it lives with them, I mean, until you tend to let it go. And so consider shifting that. Find else, find, find what else you identify with. And this goes to oh, acceptance and commitment therapy identify your values what do you what do you value in life who what kind of person do you want to be in this short amount of time that we have here on earth and then go towards that identify with something there along the way and that'll be a lot more helpful than identifying as a victim absolutely and the last one here um a a beneficial thing to start doing to overcome this victimhood mentality is to try to own your story says, in a 2021 study found that women who had experienced sexual violence were able to move from a victim role to a survivor mentality by securing social support, reclaiming their story, and letting go of a set timeline for healing. Mm-hmm. There are many ways to own your story, like writing an article to help other people in a similar situation, volunteering for a nonprofit, and creating art, among other ideas. And for me, when I read that, um, I really like the, the shift from victim to survivor, because mm-hmm. even just that like little, it's just semantics, it's words, but it, it's not just semantics. It, as humans, we put a lot of, um, 
value in the words that we use. Right. We're, we're very social, very Which is why language. disorder can be a problem. Exactly. That's why words can be stigmatized. Words can hurt. Mm-hmm. Um, so there's a lot of value in words. So by simply doing the things necessary to shift your focus from being a victim to a survivor, I think that can can take that weight of that victimhood mentality off of a lot of people because like it says, it puts you back in control of the situation. Yeah. This was acted upon me, but this is what I did to act back against it. Not necessarily yeah. fighting against it, but doing what you can to take control over your life. So it doesn't control you. Right. With the specifically with the traumatic event that caused the, yeah. the victim mentality. Yeah. So the last part here is how to cope with someone who has a victim mentality. So you may be thinking right now, I know someone in my life that I'm actually really close with that has a victim mentality. How do I go about either, I don't know, trying to help or how do I protect myself from that uh, mentality that can actually be really toxic for other people? So the article says it can be frustrating if you know someone who displays signs of victim mentality, especially if you love them and you want to see them stand in their power. In this case, you may find it helpful to, here are a couple reasons, or a couple things you can do. Encourage them to seek professional support. So encouraging them to go to therapy, because that can be really daunting and scary. I think a lot of people underestimate how daunting and scary that can be. If you've never gone to therapy, okay, set yourself up an appointment and pay attention to the thoughts and feelings that you get as you're going to go set yourself an appointment with a therapist. Maybe some anxiety, some maybe a little nervous. Now imagine if this is something that you know you need to do and this is something that, you know, you struggle with something for a long time and this can help you. Like that just adds to the pressure of, um, especially when it's something like, um, you know, whether that be like just really traumatic experiences that you're going to have to talk about again. Mm-hmm. Like that just increases the pressure. And so that's, that's hard. So the more support someone has to go see a therapist, the more likely they will go and get help that they need from a professional. So help a brother out, help a sister out and encourage him to go. Absolutely. The second one here is remind them how strong and capable they are. That goes along with the just encouraging them and motivating them because people with the victim mentality literally think they're not good enough. They're weak. They can't change and they're going to be like this forever and people are always out to get them. But reminding them, saying, hey, like, you're totally strong. You can do this. Or maybe point out a situation in their life where they did overcome something hard in the past, you know? The next one here is set and maintain healthy boundaries. Yas, we've talked about this a lot. A few episodes ago, actually. A few episodes yeah. ago, yeah. How to set boundaries for yourself. Go listen to that one. That's probably fire. I heard it's pretty good. <laughs> um, but, I mean, that's boundaries can be really hard to set, but they're necessary in maintaining a healthy life for you and for others. So learn to set those boundaries. If you want to know what that looks like, go see that episode. Go check it out. I think that one, it's just a big part of that. I think in, in just in regard to what we're talking about is not letting them suck you into their victimhood mentality. Don't right. accept the boundaries that you need to set to make sure that you show them that you don't, not that you don't believe their victimhood mentality, but you're not going to be sucked into it that you're that you believe kind of goes like with the last things a lot of that is setting those boundaries is showing that you believe in them and that you know that they're more than their victimhood and that you're not going to you're not going to slip into their belief i'm, I'm setting my boundaries here and i'm not going to buy into this idea that you have and i'm going to help you overcome it yourself i think for me that's the way i interpret that one for sure yeah 
Um, I'm not going to read these last ones here. Um, Last one, last few here. First one is limit interactions that feel draining. It's not going to be helpful for anyone if you are constantly in these interactions, putting yourself in these scenarios where interacting with that person is just emotionally draining for you. So if there's certain scenarios or certain circumstances where you find being around that person can be draining for you, it's best for them, it's best for you just to limit those encounters and setting those boundaries to limit those encounters. Yeah. The next one is resisting the temptation to rescue others or rescue them. And that, I think that's a that's a hard one, especially if it's like a spousal relationship mm-hmm. where um, most spouses, spice, I almost said spices, <laughs> most spouses want to do what they can to take away any pain and hurt from their yeah. spouse because you love them, you know? You want to make sure they, they feel good because you want them to be happy. You know, at least that's how I feel. And um, unfortunately, people with this victimhood mentality, the rescuing just kind of plays into it. It's Mm -hmm. like the damsel in distress mentality. Mm -hmm. It just kind of gets encouraged and almost incentivized. Like feeds it. Yeah. yeah, I don't have to, I don't have to do anything. You know, I don't have to take on responsibility because this person's always just going to rescue me when I have an issue. Yeah. So as hard as it is, avoiding that is going to be really key. And then the last one, um, I've heard what about that? What about therapy podcast has an episode about codependency. No. And uh, maybe you guys could go listen to that because the last step is learning the steps to prevent codependency. Because um, a per, in codependency, there's typically like a, a pursuer and a um, like a distancer. Yeah. What would the word be? Something pursuer, like that. distancer type of thing, um, or a, a taker and a giver. That's yeah. And um, the taker in codependency probably more than likely would be someone with a victimhood mentality. Mm-hmm. They almost like deserve to take it and they need to take from the giver and that creates enmeshment. It creates codependency. It creates an unhealthy dynamic and unhealthy power um, balances, I guess. Mm-hmm. And that's not something you want in a relationship. If you want it to last. So go listen to our episode about codependency and you'll, you'll learn about that. <laughs> but that's the, that's the article. Yeah. That is victimhood. And hope everyone learned something today. And hopefully if you felt some, that you maybe match this mentality, first of all, you have the strength to overcome. You are worth it to get the help that you need. And we believe in you because um, like we've said on this podcast endlessly millions of times, you're worth it. Yeah. And no one is ever too far gone. I would say if you feel that you've had this mentality for years and it's you've missed out on opportunities and you've ruined relationships, first of all, sorry, that's terrible because that, it's something that can sometimes feel out of your control. But maybe take this opportunity, even if you don't feel like you're in a victimhood mentality, to find ways to take more responsibility for your life and to take ownership of your story and the events that have caused you trouble because it's it's only going to cause you beneficial experiences when you do so. Yeah. You know what would be cool? We had You Are Worth It merch. I like uh-huh. that. That'd be cool. Little hashtag, You Are Worth yeah. It. Yeah. wonder if that's trademarked. It can't be. No way. Yeah, trademarked by us. Woo! <laughs> <laughs> well, we hope you learned something new. And again, remember, if this is something you struggle with, like Austin was saying, you're worth it. Yeah, you're broken. So is everyone. So am I. So is that. Yeah. And we're not discounting the fact that you know, what you went through is really hard for you. And I, I can only imagine that it really was. And you deserve to get the help and to become the person that you've always wanted to be. And it is possible, no matter how how hard you think that is. It's totally possible and you can do it. So 
we'll talk to you uh, Thursday. Yeah, we're going to have an episode. Thanksgiving. On Turkey Day. Woohoo. <laughs> oh, yes. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so, <laughs> so have a good week, and we'll talk to you Thursday. Peace out. What about, what about therapy? 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 Yeah. What about, what about therapy? 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 Yeah.